It's Thursday at 11 a.m. And you're listening to the Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM, talking all things sports with a special focus on our Auburn Tigers here on the Plains. If you want to be a part of today's action, feel free to tweet at us at Daniel J. Locke or the Griggs B. Let's get into the action. Good morning and welcome into the Eagle's Nest, everybody. I am Daniel Locke alongside me today and as always, Griggs Blankenberg. I don't even remember the last time we've both been in the same room doing this show. It's been a minute. It has been a minute. It's been right since we got back, I think, from winter break and a couple weeks after. I remember I was not feeling well the other week. Off for spring break last week, and then we had to leak in the studio. We had, both of us had school everywhere. But then now, hey, we're here, and it's one of the greatest weekends in all of sports. Absolutely. And that, if you do not know, we are talking about March Madness. It is time. The theme song, if we could play it on air with no problem, it would be amazing. That probably should have been my alarm this morning. Oh, yeah. But let's waste no time. The first game, actually, is coming up at 11.15. That is the... Maryland Terrapins taking on the West Virginia Mountaineers, the 8-9 seed actually in Legacy Arena in Birmingham, Alabama. So let's just start in that region. We're going to break down each region of the bracket. If you've not finished your bracket yet, you still got a little bit of time, but you got about 15 or 13 minutes left to do before it locks from the start of the tournament. So let's start there in the South region, Mr. Locke. Let's start off with the first game, Alabama versus number 16 seed, Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Alabama, the number one overall seed in the entire NCAA tournament. Yes. Number one seed, home court advantage, basically. They're really good. They're really, really good. The mm. best assisting team in the country. Mm. I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice one. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> Texas A&M Corpus Christi, the Islanders. I don't know how you can call yourselves the Islanders in good conscience when there are no islands in Corpus Christi. Or Texas. Or Texas. Right. So, I don't know, man. I would love for to pick this as a 16 over a 1 upset. but Hey, hey six, uh, what was it, six years ago today? Six years ago today. I was in New York City when that happened. I was in Charlotte when that happened. Great time. Coincidentally enough. Oh, yes. Well, it's not really a coincidence. You lived there. Oh, yeah. It was, no, actually, five years ago, yes. So, we were talking about UMBC being Virginia. That was incredible. I went to the second round match with that where UNC got spanked by A&M and then it was UMBC versus Kansas State. Everyone in the arena was cheering for UMBC besides the Kansas State band, which I was unfortunately sitting right next to. So uh, That's always annoying. That was Love fun. marching bands are, or, and uh, pep bands. I respect to them, but not my favorite people to sit by. Uh, yeah. Okay. So let's I'm, I'm going Alabama. I think yeah. you are too. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm just filling out a bracket while I was talking about the regions, but I probably should do that quickly with the other regions. But, yes. I'm going to do that too. I'm just going to create a bracket the, while we do it. The first game with uh, of the tournament, Maryland versus West Virginia, that's taping off in Birmingham in just around 10 minutes. I feel like this is one of the more closer 8-9. Well, all the 8-9s are usually pretty close, but actually this is one of the ones. But if West Virginia played like they did against Auburn, I think this is a very easy game for the Mountaineers. Yeah, I haven't really been impressed with Maryland. I know they're an 8 seed and West Virginia is a 9, but I don't really think that means a ton. So I'm going to go with WVU here. But you got to remember, though, Big Ten in March. Not been working out since 02. Or no, no. 2000, really, but unless you count. Well, Maryland won in the ACC. Right. Yeah. Uh, moving on now. Ooh, this is the interesting 5-12. San Diego State versus Charleston. You know, this is one of those that everyone's saying it's going to be an upset. Mm-hmm. So when everyone thinks it's going to be an upset, it's never an upset. So I'm going to go with San Diego State. I got, I got I graduated with a guy in my class. He was in my Bible class, actually, who plays at Charleston now, Ben Burnham. So I'll be cheering for Charleston a lot, but this is a tough matchup for them, especially with how San Diego State plays defense. They are really, really good. But you never know. Just It's March, so anything can really happen, as we've seen all the time before. So, 
number four seed Virginia, mm-hmm. number 13 Furman. Love Furman. We've two talked sc- about Furman a lot on this podcast. We have. Two schools up in your neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. WVU hasn't looked great, but sometimes they've looked like a national champion contender. WVU? You mean UVA? Yeah, yeah that's what I meant. Furman, I don't know anything about, so I'm going to go with UVA. I want to pick Furman so bad since I almost went to school there, but with Virginia's defense, it's just so good. Virgi- Furman's bread and butter is scoring. So if Virginia plays incredible defense, especially around the three-point line, I think Virginia. So I want to pick Furman, but I'm going to go with my brain here for the show, unbiased me, so I'm going to go Virginia. All right, so six-seed Creighton, 11-seed NC State. This is the first upset I have on my bracket because I feel like the ACC is pretty tough, and whatever Creighton's in isn't. So I'm going with NC State, probably against my better judgment, but here, I'm taking them. NC State should not even be here in the first place. They lost to NC. They lost to Clemson three times. They what lost happens? to Clemson by 18 less than a week ago in Greensboro, and they're in over NC State. And they're in over Clemson. That makes no sense, especially NC State not even being wasn't didn't even play in Dayton, which is crazy. If you watched any of that Arizona State game last night, I think they won convincingly too. They should have been there instead of Arizona State. Yeah, maybe the fact so. that NC State got in with a bye. I, that just makes no sense. Oh, I don't really like NC State too much, but I, I'm sure. Uh, Baylor, UC Santa Barbara, Baylor, Baylor, especially with Scott Drew. I think he, him, and Bill Self, I think are the now two best coaches in college basketball. Especially after what I said last year, if you remember on our March Madness special, where I said Bill Self was the most overrated coach in college basketball, ended up going really well for me. <laughs> Not. Yeah, uh, we didn't do too good last year. We didn't do too good last year on a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, Missouri, Utah State, Missouri. I'm going to go Missouri as well. They've just looked good all year. Played really, really tough competition. It's the SEC's the deepest league in college basketball. Uh, this year. I'd say Big 12. Really? Baylor, uh, Texas. Um, you got um, – who else? Kansas, Baylor, obviously. Texas, Kansas. Uh, Kansas State, TCU. Kansas State, TCU. Uh, what other ones am I forgetting? Um, I feel like there's one more that I'm missing. Is Iowa State good this year? I mean, they're, they're a six seed. Okay. But, yeah. Big 12, and I go SEC. But, yeah, Missouri's played a lot of hard competition this year. Um, they won in March a little bit, but, yeah, I'm going to go Missouri with that. And then this is one, like, Princeton, or this last game in the first round of the Southern region, Arizona and Princeton. I'm, I know Princeton dominated the Ivy League this year, but that's not really saying a ton. And Arizona's looked really solid, so I'm going to go Arizona. Yeah, I'm going to go Arizona as well. So let's kick it back up to the top of the south. We have me and Daniel, I think we said Alabama, Maryland. Uh, I have Alabama, West Virginia. Okay, I have uh, – uh, yeah, I'll put it to West Virginia. Alabama, West Virginia. I am going Alabama here. I want to pick West Virginia in an upset, but it will still be in Birmingham. And I don't think – or I don't know. I don't know. That That's tough, actually. That is a tough matchup. I'm still going to go with Alabama, Go go with my gut, but I would not be shocked if I was wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Alabama here. I don't think Alabama can lose before the Sweet 16. I'd love yeah. if I was wrong, but I just can't really see it on paper. Either of those teams wins. But if Corpus Christi won, I think that might be bigger than West Virginia. Even though, or yeah. UVA, even though UVA was really good that year. I think they were number one overall seed, too. They I were. Can't, I can't remember. But nonetheless, all right, uh, San Diego State, and we said Virginia, I think. Um, I'm going to go Virginia here. Uh, I think San Diego State's just barely going to squeak by Charleston, and they're just kind of going to be flustered, tired, because they're literally going to have to give everything they ha- uh, have in that game. So I'm going Virginia. 
Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Virginia as well in that. And then we said NC State, Baylor. Yes, that's NC State. Easy. Over Baylor? Oh, oh, I misspoke. I'm going to say Baylor. I'm going to go with Baylor. Yeah, again, we were talking about Scott Drew. Um, and then Missouri, Arizona. This is like the first uh, of this round. This is the first real head scratcher because mm. I could see this going either way. Like Missouri's beat a lot of good teams, but at the same time, Arizona has two. And obviously, Arizona's got the record, but I don't know. I'm tempted to pick Missouri, but I want you to go first on this one. I'm going to go Arizona. I think, but the start of this year, I think they were one of the best teams in college basketball, along with I thought uh, Houston was. That's who I've really had my gut feeling about all year. So I'm going to stick with Arizona for right now. I think I'm going to follow up with Arizona as well. And then Just, we, yeah. yeah. And then we have a chalk um, Sweet 16, Alabama, Virginia, and then Baylor, Arizona. This is where I think the glory ride for the Crimson Tide ends. I think so, too. I think, like, Virginia's just, you know, there are teams like the San Francisco 49ers that just know how to play in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And then you have teams in college basketball like the Virginia Cavaliers who just know how to play in the tournament. So I'm going Virginia over Alabama in Sweet 16. Yes. You know I'm saying this in Sweet 16 as well. You know where this game's being played at, Daniel? Uh, Louisville? Yes, at the KFC Yum Center. Home of the Louisville Cardinals, where Virginia has already played at once this year. So they know the arena. They know the area. It's it, Fact or fiction, Virginia's closer to Kentucky than Alabama. Fact. That is a fact, yes. Yeah. And UVA is going to travel because that's a basketball school. They, they still... also have good memories there because that's where they beat Purdue to advance to the Final Four. That is true, yes. So I think UVA can win this game with their incredible defense. Even though Bama might be one of the more fast-paced teams we've seen well, I'll say it, unfortunately, a little bit inferior teams like Auburn keep it close with them, especially taking them to overtime and then close at Neville Arena. So I think if a UVA plays their style of basketball and forces Alabama to play their style of basketball, I think UVA can win this game. So I'm going to go with too. UVA as well. But it'd be really bad if Virginia lost to Furman. Then, it, oh, yeah. then it'd be very, very bad. Then we're going to be praying for Arizona, Baylor, all that region. But, yes, Baylor, Arizona. This is where it gets tough because both these teams are good. Both of them have played some of the most elite competition in college basketball. They're a two and a three seed, respectively. Oh, man. I'm going to go Arizona here just because I think that Baylor is not as deep as Arizona is. Mm. So, and plus Arizona's, you know, they're kind of a question mark going into this mm -hmm. a little bit. Like, more so than a three seed. I got you. Would normally be. So, I'm going to go Arizona. Yeah, I'm going to go Arizona as well. And then who do we have going to the Final Four from the, Eagle, or from the Eagles nest out of this? We have Virginia versus Arizona. I'm going with Arizona. I will go with Arizona as well. So that is our first team of the Final Four. When we come back from this break, we will break down the east region of the bracket. And March Madness is officially underway. you got about three minutes to get your brackets in, so do not go anywhere. You're listening to the Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back into the Eagle's Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I am Daniel Locke alongside me today and normally as always. Oh, that's kind of an oxymoron there. Anyway, no, it's not normally not. whatever. <laughs> Words Basketball. are hard. Yes. So in the first segment of the show, we talked about the South region, and Griggs and I both have Arizona going to the Final Four out of that region. Now we're going to dive right into the East, starting with number one Purdue and number sixteen Fairly Dickinson. Yes. I don't even know who they are. I'm a big fan of the Boilermakers. That is my second Big Ten team after Illinois because my cousin goes there. Shout out Finn. But yeah. I like Purdue a lot, and this, of course, it's a 116 matchup. I like Purdue a lot. Zach Eady, if, no, I think if Purdue can go as far as win the title if Zach Eady gets a favorable whistle. 
I, agree. I think Purdue can do a lot. I've seen them Purdue at the highest of highs, but they've also had some memories at the lowest of lows. So that is what I'm going to go with Purdue in that one. So this next one is one that I think is going to spark one of the best runs in this tournament we've seen in recent time. I am so high on the Memphis Tigers, it's not mm. even funny. Ever since they beat Auburn in Atlanta, they've kind of been on my radar. I went with my dad to see them play in Tuscaloosa a few days after the Auburn um, game in Atlanta, and they went toe-to-toe with Alabama as good as anyone has. I mean, that is true. And But FAU, though, has had a pretty magical season this year, though, so far. So I feel like people are just downplaying that with the fact that Memphis got hot at the right time. Remember, Memphis is an eight seed, and they won their conference tournament, which is a crazy thing to think about with that. That's true. So they're getting hot at the right time, which is the exact right time you want to get hot. But at the same time, it's hard to win that many games in a row, which is kind of my mindset when picking some of these matches. That's why I love that UCLA lost in their conference championship. Because, I mean, if Duke were to win the national championship this year, they'd have to win 16 in a row. Ooh. Yeah, crazy. But, yeah, I have Memphis coming out of this one, too. I don't have I don't have them beating Purdue. But that's for the, in a couple more minutes. Now, Duke or Roberts, the best 5-12 matchup, the most consistent 5-12 matchup, I have seen yet. Oh, man. Um, better than Charleston, San Diego State? I think it's going to be more close okay. in that regard. Because Oral Roberts is the best 12 seed. Duke's the best 5 seed. Okay. And the NCAA tournament has tipped off. West Virginia won the tip. But, yes. Um, yeah, I got Duke. Yeah. I or, no, I have Oral Roberts in this one, actually. Oh. In, my, in this bracket, yeah. Max Abrams, man. Bro, he beat a 2-seed Ohio State when he was a 15-seed. He's, the I think, the top-scoring player in collegiate basketball. I didn't realize that. So, but that's just me. I think I'd be great if I'm probably just picking with my heart on that one. But yeah, number four Tennessee, number thirteen Louisiana. Love the Raging Cajuns, man. Here's why I, I picked Louisiana some brackets, but here's my like Zakai Ziegler, as we can tell through the SEC tournament and at Neville Arena, is a very key piece to that Tennessee Volunteers defense mainly, and then as well the offense. I have Tennessee in this bracket, but it would not shock me at all if Louisiana takes this win, especially with Rick Barnes' struggles in. The tournament. Yeah. Especially, you know, I'm going to go with that as well. I think Louisiana gets it done. I have Tennessee in this bracket, but I think Louisiana can not Louisiana can do it. I'm going to pick them. Why not? True. Moving on now, Kentucky-Providence. I think I got Kentucky. I do too. Providence in recent years has been good, but this is not like last year's team at all in right. that regard. Um. Next up, we have Kansas State-Montana State. Hmm. Kansas State. Yeah. This is more. This is one of the more interesting seven ten matchups: Michigan State and USC. As you remember, you can recall USC defeated the Tigers in Southern California earlier this year. They did. They that was one of the first games. I was like, okay, this isn't last year. <laughs> this isn't last year. But Michigan State's good. They are good. Tom Izzo still a good coach. He's called Mister March for some reason. He's only won it once, but you know. Yeah. I'm going to go Michigan State, even though he might be my new big big on Bill Self this year where I said he's the most overrated coach in college basketball. But, again, I think this game could come down to coaching, and Michigan State has a better coaching matchup than USC. Yeah, I'm going to go Michigan State. And, finally, the Marquette Golden Eagles versus the Vermont Catamounts. Shout-out Jake Marsh from Pardon My Take went there. Marquette, Vermont, I got Marquette. They're getting hot at the right time. I've got Marquette as well. All right, moving on to the round of 32 in this bracket, we have Purdue-Memphis. I'm going to stick with it here. I'm going Memphis. I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to go with the Boilermakers. I think the Boilermakers can do it. They're going to get a new banner in Mackey. Oh, I'm not. I don't think they're going to win this bracket I have. But, you know, I think they got a shot. 
And then, okay, so we have a different ones here. So I have Oral Roberts, Tennessee. Daniel has Duke, Louisiana. Yeah. So both of us are going to have a different people person come out here. I'm going to go with Duke. I'm going to go with Oral Roberts. Sweet 16 run. They've done it before. And again, I have Tennessee going in the second round. Zakai Ziegler is out, who's probably one of their best defenders. And Max Abrams is really stinking good. And they're a 12 seed. Think about the jump you have to make from being a 15 seed a couple years ago to a 12 seed now. Yeah. So that means definitely a lot of stuff's happened. So I'm going to go with Oral Roberts. Okay, we both have Kentucky, Kansas State in this one. I'm going to go with the Wildcats. Oh, wait, they're both Wildcats. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with the blue ones then. I'm going with the Kentucky Wildcats. When it just comes down to paper, Kentucky just has more dudes. Yeah, that's kind of where my uh, train of thought is with that as well. Um, also, a lot of people think Cal is overrated. I disagree. I think John Calipari is a great coach. Extend Cal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with Kentucky. Shout out, Will. <laughs> uh, Michigan State Marquette. Shaka Smart versus Tom Izzo. Man, I don't know. This w- Marquette's one of those teams, like, yeah, they're good. They have dudes. Like, they look really good. They pass the eye test. But you've got to wonder just how good is that competition. Mm. Well, it is the Big East, so the Big that, East can step true. up sometimes. But I do have Marquette in this one because I think Michigan State's having a down year. And I think – I'm, I don't think Marquette's going to go super, super far, but I think they do beat Michigan State in this one. Yeah, I'm going to pick Marquette because I'm going to go with my brain, but I don't <laughs> know. Like, I would not be shocked if I was wrong. Not be shocked at all. And then, okay, so you have Purdue Duke. I have Purdue Oral Roberts. Oh, no, you have Memphis Duke. I have Memphis Duke, yeah. I have Purdue Oral Roberts. You go first. This is unfortunately where the Memphis Tigers glory ride, I think, will come to an end. I think Duke is just going to be able to overpower the Tigers a little bit. That just tough defense that Memphis loves to play. I, I just don't think it'll be enough here. So I'm going to have to go with Duke. I'm going to go Purdue. I think Oral Roberts run in tier, even though Purdue did last year lose. Somehow Purdue lost a, a number like four or five overall pick and got better, which is crazy to think about. But, yeah, I'm going to go Purdue over Oral Roberts. Just the magic has to end sometimes, and I think it's to the Boilermakers. Yeah. And then moving on now, Kentucky versus, you said Marquette? Yes, so Kentucky-Marquette. I think Marquette gets it done over the Wildcats if if that matchup happens. Like, if they both make it there, I think Marquette will win. Hmm. Good point. And finally, our final matchup, Daniel, has Duke-Kentucky, or you said Duke-Marquette? Yeah, Duke-Marquette. And I have Purdue-Kentucky. I, I think Marquette gets it done over Duke as well. I think they're going to get hot. Hmm. That'd be cool. Marquette to the Final Four. Shaka Smart's been there before with VCU. People sometimes forget that. I'm gonna go with Purdue. I think this is the. I mean, this is the year for Purdue. I feel like in that terms. So in our East Region semifinals, I have Duke Marquette, and you have Purdue Kentucky. Purdue Kentucky. And I say Purdue will be Kentucky and face off against Arizona in the Final Four. I'm going Marquette, Mm. and I think they are headed to the Final Four to take on Arizona. We have some time, so let's go ahead and hop into the West. Let's go ahead and hop into the West real quick so we can spend more time on Auburn's region. Yeah. Um, okay, let's start in the West. Now, first off, the number one seed, Kansas Jayhawks, taking on the Howard – what's their Nick? What's their mascot? Uh, that looks like some kind of buffalo. I'm going to guess bison maybe. Something like that probably. Yeah. So, But I got Kansas. Yeah, same. All right. Moving on. Arizona – or Arkansas, Illinois. My heart tells me Illinois. My brain is screaming at me Arkansas. I'm going Arkansas. I'm going Illinois. I have to. I'm sorry. 
Illinois disappoints me every March, but hmm. yeah, I'm going Illinois. Since they're technically my second team with Wake and UNC not being in it. Um, St. Mary's VCU. St. Mary's. For some reason, so many people are picking VCU, so I feel like I have to, too. So I'm going to go VCU. So if everyone jumped off a bridge, which I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, man. Wrong place, wrong time. Right. UConn-Iona. <laughs> um, this would be an awesome matchup. UConn versus Rick Bettino and Iona, with Rick Bettino maybe going to St. John's next year. Yeah, this is huge. Um, UConn's really good. They've had a really, really dominant year in the Big East. Iona? I mean, it's Rick Pitino, like you said. Like, pretty legendary coach. Kind of put what's happened aside. Good basketball coach. Good so, basketball coach. I would like to pick Iona. I just don't really see it here, so I'm going to go with UConn. I'm going to go with that as well with UConn. Oh, actually, I picked Iona in this bracket. You know what? I'll go Iona. I'll go with what I put on this Eagles nest bracket I made. Um, TCU, Arizona State. TCU. I got here. Why did I pick TCU in this bracket? I don't know. I have Arizona State. For some reason, I put TCU on this bracket. Because Arizona State last night, they got hot. And if they play really – Bobby Hurley, I don't like the guy, but he's a good coach. Guys don't like Duke. Um, Gonzaga, Grand Canyon. Well, um, Grand Canyon might have to forfeit if they can't get their gear there in time. I'm gonna well, I'm gonna go with Gonzaga because well, if it was at Grand Canyon, Grand Canyon's arena is crazy. I've seen like that, even though I think it's <laughs> the infrastructure of the school is not great because they were like it went from online to in person way too quick as like yeah. a school. But I'm gonna go with Zaga, Northwestern Boise State. This is a tough one. This is the hardest seven ten on the bracket mm. in my opinion to pick. Um, Mountain West versus Big Ten is what's kind of leading me to pick Northwestern though. I'm going to go Northwestern. You think about the teams Northwestern beat this year. Yeah. Like, they beat Purdue. I think they beat Indiana as well. Yeah. They got some dudes. So, I'm going to go Northwestern. Finally, UCLA versus UNC Asheville. Don't even have to think that's UCLA. UCLA. Even though UNC Asheville does have some dudes, and UCLA is one of their best players, is out with an Achilles injury. So, there's that. Moving back into the top, Kansas versus Arkansas for you. Oh, man. I'm going to have to pick Kansas. I have Kansas, Illinois, but I'm picking Kansas as well. St. Mary's, UConn, and then I have VCU Iona. Hmm. Give me UConn. All right. I'm going to go with Iona over VCU. Arizona State or TCU over Gonzaga? I've got TCU versus Gonzaga, and I think Gonzaga is going to fall to the Horned Frogs. Wow. I have Gonzaga beating TCU on this bracket by Arizona State in my head, so I've got Gonzaga. And then finally, Northwestern versus UCLA. 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 Kansas versus, uh, you said St. Mary's? I have UConn. UConn. Kansas versus uh, Iona for me. I've got the Jayhawks over to Huskies. I got the Jayhawks as well. I learned last year to not doubt Bill's self, which hopefully right. he gets back to the sidelines soon. Thoughts and prayers from the Eagles' nest. Absolutely. But, yeah, I got Kansas. And then you said uh, TCU versus UCLA. Yep. Who you got? And I've got UCLA. I have Gonzaga. Even though I'm really high on UCLA, I just think that Achilles injury, I forgot the guy's name, is just really detrimental. And Gonzaga's really stinking good. They can play with the best in the nation. All right, final one up. You said Kansas? Uh, I have Kansas, UCLA, and my Elite Eight. I have Kansas, Gonzaga. Daniel, who you got? This is where the UCLA run comes to an end, and the Jayhawks' repeat attempt looks a little more legitimate. I'm going Kansas. I'm going with Zaga. Really? I think this is 
their best shot to do it. I think really it is. They had some competition in the WCC for the first time in ages. When's the last time they lost two conference games? It's been a minute. Probably since the war. <laughs> but I'm going to go Gonzaga. I think they can do it. I think they have the matchup and the shooting ability to outscore against Kansas because it's hard to win back-to-back, man. It's it super is. hard. Especially when they won their conference tournament. They did, didn't they? Yeah. But No, Texas beat the brakes off them. Never mind. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I'm going to go Gonzaga. All right, so since we have some time to kill here, who do you have winning the NIT? Uh, Rutgers is already out. Um, Wake's not in it. Um, is Clemson in it? Clemson, 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 Clemson. I don't see them. Oh. Maybe I'm just not looking hard. Read me the one seeds. <laughs> uh, Rutgers, who's lost. Out. Oklahoma State, Oregon. Oh, oh man. Guess who the last one is? Clemson. I'm going Clemson. You're going Clemson. Okay. Yeah. I am going Vanderbilt. Mm. I love how Vanderbilt fans thought they should make the tournament, but then they had like the they would have been like the worst team to ever make the tournament, not like a automatic bid since like with the NET ranking, however that works, since like ever. And they're like 69th or like 70th or something like that. Yeah. And Jerry and Jerry Stacker is like, put us in the tournament. I'm like, my guy, you, who did you beat? Like, oh, they beat Tennessee, but like in the conference, like play, but like, come on. Yeah. You can't like, and you beat Auburn. So congratulations. A lot of teams did. Right. <laughs> but that is going to do it for that bracket. When we come back, we're going finally to the Midwest. We're going to spend a little bit more time on Auburn than anyone else. And then we're going to read off our final four and national champion predictions. So do not go anywhere. Excuse me. You're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back to the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I am Daniel Locke. Alongside me today, and as always, Griggs Blankenberg. It's about time to get into the Midwest region. But before that, the Auburn women's basketball team earned a bid to the WNIT in the second year of John, the Johnny Harris era. Big things for this program. And... I'm excited to kind of see how they do. The game is against Tulane here at Neville Arena tomorrow at 7? I think that's what it is. Yeah. So if you're a student or an Auburn fan who lives around, please come out. Coach Jay and the girls need you. They are a ton of fun. Griggs and I will both be there probably. Maybe. I can't remember. I think so. Um. Yeah, my schedule's pretty packed. But <laughs> I, I should be there. So if you're a fan of the Eagles Nest, come say hello. We'll, we'll say hello back. We, we sure will. <laughs> we'll get a picture. We'll sign autographs. We'll do whatever you want. Exactly. But now we move on to the South region. Let's start off at the top. We got Houston and Northern Kentucky tipping off tonight at 9.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I would like to stay for this game. Depends on what the result of, his, of the next game we're about to talk about is how long I'm going to stay for this one. Actually, I, uh, 9.20 is rough. That's, I that's Eastern, though. Oh, uh, okay. 8.20 is still rough when you have to come back. Yeah, I got a speech tomorrow, and I have to take a midterm. But... I'll be fine. You only live once. Um, but, yeah, I got Houston. Yeah, same. And now the matchup everyone really cares about probably the most on this show, if you're listening right now, it is number eight seed Iowa taking on the number nine seed Auburn Tigers. That is tomorrow. That is tonight, six, uh, 5.50 p.m. on TNT with the A-team, Jim Nance, Bill Raftery, all the legends of the game, Tracy Wilson. Yes. Reading the ESPN preview now, it is – uh, the 9-8 matchup, Auburn, according to ESPN, is a one-point favorite since it, it is in Birmingham. The matchup predictor is also giving Auburn a 56.6% chance to win to Iowa's 43.4%. 
Auburn on the pick center is 1.5% favorite. Over under 151.5 points. The Hawkeyes are led by Keegan Murray's brother, the draft, the lottery pick last year for Iowa, Chris Murray, having scoring 20.4 a game with 7.9 rebounds, along with shooting 48% from the field. Yeah, this Iowa team, their defense is pretty bad. I'm just going to shoot it straight, but their offense is really, really good. Exactly, which is why Auburn needs to not do what they always do and decide to take 28 threes in a game. Yeah. That's not how you beat this. Auburn can win by 15 in this game, or they can lose by 15 in this game. Or worse. Or worse, because Iowa's smart with the ball. Auburn's defense is good. What Auburn needs to do is, I think Jani Broom's the tallest player on the court compared to Iowa by like four or five inches. So attack the paint. Don't don't do what they always do. Win dribbles the ball up. Someone sets the screen. Win passes it to someone. They hold the ball for two seconds. Pass back to Wendell. Wendell tries to dribble a little bit. Then he drives and either takes a crazy shot or passes out for a very low percentage shot with like eight seconds left on the shot clock. That is not how you win this game. No, it's you cannot not. win that game like that. Iowa, they faced a Big Ten, SEC, Big Twelve, the best conferences this year. They know how to play against good competition. This is not how you do it. No. You and I will both be in attendance at this game. Mm-hmm. And I've been, there have been six Auburn road slash neutral site games that I've been at, either covering it or just as a fan this year. Would you care to guess what my record is? Isn't it over? Yeah. Yeah. I'm over six. So maybe I shouldn't be going. But. I'm 2 and 0 for Auburn road games for basketball I've been to. Both were at South Carolina, but still. Yeah. 2 and 0. But I have an 0 and 2 record when I go to. One of her teams I'm cheering for at March Madness games with UNC A&M back in 2019, uh, 2018, as well as UMBC Kansas State. But, again, Auburn, just drive the basketball. Please take your mid-range shots. Let Jalen Williams cook. Wendell does not need to score 30 points in this game to win. Jani Broom would be helpful if he could get 20. But And Zepp Jasper, for the love of all that is good, play him a decent amount on Keegan Murray, or Chris Murray, even though he is a forward. he's He shut down Tennessee's some of Tennessee's best players, and that is really important for tonight's game, especially it's in Birmingham. You're going to have the crowd on your side. You have to be able to play good defense on them and take your high percentage shots. You cannot win this game if you do not. Right. And it'll be, honestly, maybe a little bit of embarrassment. You started the season ranked. You had the whole season. You had you broke your record for most consecutive weeks ranked, and then you just kind of dropped off the deep end a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of kind of devastating stuff happened. Like you lost your home winning streak which was the longest in the country for a minute or two for like one for like one game yeah um like obviously you haven't been in the top 25 since the beginning of february and yeah it's just the vibes haven't been what they normally are this year and that's i mean it's just not last year you know i was talking to a friend of mine last night i asked her like dang like don't you miss being a top 10 team we kind of got spoiled our first year as Auburn students oh for for a little bit but my heart's my i'm thinking auburn's gonna win this game in Birmingham, but again, like I said, they can win by 15, they can lose by 15, as long as they got to play smart. So I'm so, going to pick Auburn. I'm going to pick Auburn as well. Moving on now, Miami Drake. Oh, man. This one's kind of tough. Um, it's not the hardest 5-12 on here, but it's by far not the easiest. That is very true, yes. Um, I'm going to go my gut here. I'm picking Drake. I'm going to go Drake. Miami. Drake? Drake? Yeah, I'm going Drake. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. We have that sound? We got to. We did at some point. I've heard it. I've used it before. Well, Daniel looks for this song. Indiana, Kent State. Oh, man. 
this one. Oh boy. Yeah, I have Indiana in this one. But I think this isn't I wouldn't feel too comfortable if I was an Indiana fan though. Oh no, no. Not not at all. You know, I can't find the Drake sound effect, whatever. It's okay. It's okay. But I don't want to miss out on talking about this game. For those of you who do not know, I grew up a huge fan of the Indiana Hoosiers, still am, and there's a world where they beat Kent State. Sorry, some Manchester United thing just popped up on my phone. Uh, I was about to say, like, who is that? <laughs> um, anyway, Indiana, they beat Kent State, mm-hmm. and they beat the winner of Miami Drake, and Auburn beats Iowa, and by some miracle of our divine <laughs> Heavenly Father above, we beat Houston. Beats Houston. Indiana and Auburn would meet up in the Sweet 16 in Albany, New York. No, that, not Albany, New York. Oh, uh, Kansas Kansas City. Kansas City. What were you thinking? <laughs> Albany, New York. That's that's a place. Anyway. Capital of New York. Indeed. Not New York City for all the people out there who are not um, geographic wizards like Griggs and I. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I got Indiana. Yeah, me too. Uh, Iowa State-Pittsburgh. I've picked this, I think, 50-50 in each bracket I've done. Yeah, I've got a lot. I can't talk. I've got Iowa State. I have Iowa State in this one as well. Uh, Xavier, Kennesaw State. Kennesaw Xavier. Xavier. Kennesaw State. Do you know who their most famous alum is? Um, no. he's, he's on TV a lot. Like, a, a, lot, a lot, a lot. Like, in what genre of TV? Like, M- sports? Morning show and, like, award show type of events. And, like, morning show. And, like, holiday events. Ryan Seacrest? Boom. Boom. Let's go. Yes. Got it. Uh, A&M, Penn State. Penn State's really hot right now. Penn State's hot. A&M's looked good, but they've kind of cooled off a little bit. But March, it's not about looking good. It's about being hot. So I'm going Penn State. I'm going to go with Penn State as well. We are Penn State. Uh, Texas, Colgate. Texas. Texas. You know, Colgate was pretty good when I'm playing this year. They were. Uh, Why don't we start at the bottom and go back up? Okay. Penn State, Texas. Texas. I got I have Penn State in this bracket, actually. Okay. Mm. Iowa State, Xavier. Ooh, I'm going to go Iowa State. I am as well. I have Drake, Indiana. You have Miami, Indiana. Yep. I'm I'm going to keep it with the Hoosiers, man. I am as well. Uh, and then Auburn, Houston. Unfortunately, much to my chagrin, I'm going to have to go Houston. As well as I am. We we pride ourselves on being as unbiased as we can. Yeah. Here at the Eagles. Nest. I mean, disclaimer. Obviously, since you're listening to an Auburn student-run radio station, you can infer that we're both Auburn students. But but, but we keep it real. We do. We keep we keep it a hundred. We we don't like to sugarcoat things as much no. as it is, as you can probably tell from our coverage of Auburn this basketball a little bit more this year than last year. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, I got Houston as well. Just it'd be awesome if that didn't happen. But yeah. Uh, let's go back down now. Houston, Indiana. Oh, man, this is where the glory run for the Hoosiers will come to an end, mm-hmm. and they will lose to Houston. As I agree with that as well. Uh, against uh, Ooh, the revenge game for Kelvin Sampson as well, the school that fired him, which yeah. now is, like, crazy to think about. Like, he got fired for, like, I think texting a recruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Now I think it's, it's, it's literally legal now to do that. And legal to pay him. Uh, you said you have Xavier, Texas? Uh, I have Iowa State, Texas. Iowa State, Texas. And I think Texas gets it done. I have Penn State, Iowa State. And I'm going with the Nittany Lions. Okay. And then finally, we have Houston, Penn State. Or no, I have Houston, Penn State. You have uh, Texas, Houston. An all-Texas matchup in Kansas City. I'm going to go with the number one seed, Houston Cougars. I am as well. I have Houston going to the Final Four. Okay, so our Final Fours are now set. I have 
Arizona and Purdue. Daniel has Arizona and Marquette. Marquette. And then the other side, I have Houston as well as Daniel. And then Daniel has Kansas and I have Gonzaga. So our first one, let's start on the left side of the bracket. Final Four, Houston, NRG Stadium, April 1st for the Final Four. Arizona versus uh, Marquette for Daniel. Arizona, yep. Purdue for me. So I have both two seeds. I think Purdue's, Purdue's a one. Purdue is a one. Okay. So the battle of the two seeds here, like Rick said, Houston, Texas. I'm going to go with Arizona to get it done over Marquette. I'm going to go with Purdue to beat Arizona. This might come back to haunt me. Purdue could probably be out by the end of this weekend, but I'm going to go with the Boilermakers over Arizona. Zach Eady, you just you can't teach size. No. That's, that's a fact, and I think that will help them as well. And Purdue knows how to play in these tough, close, grinded-out matchups, so I'm going to go with the Boilermakers. And on the other side, we both have Houston, and then Daniel has Kansas, and I have Gonzaga. Yes. So Houston, Kansas. In Houston. In Houston. Battle of the one seeds. Just a side note, it's funny how Kelvin Sampson was complaining about having to play Auburn and Birmingham when the Final Four is literally in Houston. Mm. I just don't really – I'm not a Kelvin Sampson guy at all. I just don't really like the way he does things. Obviously, he knows how to run his program, as he's very much proven. But that doesn't mean I have to like it. So I'm going to go with Bill Self and a respectable – Kansas Jayhawks victory here. I'm going to go with Mark Few and Gonzaga. I think they match up really well with Houston. I feel like it would. it's in Houston. I feel like that's going to be like a little bit of like a, I don't know, Gonzaga's going to have something to play for. I mean, again, Gonzaga, they may, they've never won at all. Yeah. And Mark Few needs one before if if UNC calls in a, eight, nine months. I mean, I would leave Redmond, Washington for Chapel Hill in a second. But yeah, me too. You know, and finally, our national championship. Daniel has uh, Arizona versus Kansas. I have Purdue versus Gonzaga. Daniel, I think for the first time, and I don't know how long. I should have looked this up and been prepared. I think that Kansas is going to be the first team to win back-to-back NCAA basketball national championships since insert date here. Hmm. And so you have Kansas. I have Kansas. Purdue Gonzaga. One seed versus the three seed. Big Ten versus the WCC. I'm going with Purdue. I think Purdue is taking it all the way home. I'm boiling up this March. I think they got a chance to do it. Again, it all depends on the whistle with Zach Eady, but I think they can do it. Uh, one more thing. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. I've seen this on Twitter now, too. The president tweeted out his bracket after the deadline. Oh, uh, that's like 101. Oh, and how does he not have South Carolina wing in all the women's bracket? Who does he have wing in the women's bracket? Villanova. Really? That's cr- it's always un- unfortunately it's always chalk in the women's bracket, but mm-hmm. South Carolina's just they're they're her they're yeah. they're hers. I think that's how. Yeah. Hey, President Obama's bracket was actually pretty good though. But he forgot to put one matchup. That's true. That I think was still funny. That was funny. No, the the name of it, not to get political, Barakatology, top tier name. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. That's great. Um, but yeah, I have Purdue. Anything we want to say real quickly before we have another segment we can talk about college basketball? Yeah. But 
We'll save that for the next segment. We're going to go to break here, but when we come back, more college basketball. Maybe we'll get into more of Auburn's matchup and some things maybe we should look out for this March. I think the second game is about to tip off. It has Furman, Virginia has tipped off, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm Daniel Locke. Alongside me is Greg Blankenberg. We've spent the first 45 minutes of the show basically breaking down a whole bracket for you. So now Time has flown by, too. It really has. I have Kansas winning it all. You have Purdue. Mm-hmm. Purdue. Purdue. Boiler up, baby. Um, but, yes, so we still have a lot to cover. But now we're just going to talk about what we think the best games of the first round are going to be. Even though it's already started, there's two games right now. Virginia's up 11-5 over Furman. Maryland is losing to West Virginia 21-13 over in Birmingham, where Daniel and I will both be later today. So let's look back at the bracket. Daniel, what is the first-round matchup that really grabs your eye? Um, hold on, let me pick. Okay. So, obviously, Maryland-West Virginia going on right now with 7 minutes and 34 seconds remaining in the first half. The number 21 – or, yeah. The number 9 seed, West Virginia Mountaineers, are up 21-16 on the number 8 seed, Maryland Turpins. Virginia Furman's another one. It's underway as well. The number four seed Cavaliers are up twelve on the number er, up twelve to seven on the number thirteen seeded Furman Palladians. <laughs> what? Every time. That's so funny. Is it Paladins? It's Paladins. Oh, my fault. Paladins. I love it. No, keep it going. Um never switch. <laughs> um Missouri, Utah State, a seven and a ten. And obviously the the five twelve everyone's talking about Charleston, San Diego State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm looking forward to San Diego State, Charleston. I think that's going to be a great matchup. Did you hear what they made Charleston do? Oh, uh, what? It used to be the rule you have to uh, 350 miles. The uh, the NCAA covers travel. Now it's 400 miles, and I think Charleston's 360 miles from Orlando. So they have to drive there, and not the NCAA won't pay for a plane. So they're going to dr- they're going to fly there and drive back, which is crazy. Huh. NCAA is making billions with a B on yeah. this tournament and they can't pay for the flight for one small mid-major team. Yeah, that's pretty stupid. Yeah, well, it's the NCAA, so. Um, me just seeing NC State on this bracket just makes me shake with rage on how they even got in. Yeah, that's fair. But to be fair, though, NCAA has not been kind to NC State in the past couple of years. So True. there's that. Um, Looking down some of the brackets, I think Duke or Roberts is going to be an interesting game that happens at the same time as um, it's going to be near during the Auburn game, so there's that. But uh, that's a matchup that I really like. Even though I really hope Oral Roberts can win, but, you know. Um, Arkansas, Illinois today at fourth, uh, 3.30 uh, Central. That's a big matchup, I think, especially with Ar- Arkansas. If they were healthier the whole year, they would definitely not be an eight seed. I agree. So that's why I think they're the best eight seed on the bracket. Hmm. UConn-Iona is just going to be fiery. Just watching Dan Hurley and Rick Pitino on the sidelines. Oh, I can't wait. That's going to be awesome. That is tomorrow. Um, other games, I think UNC, UCLA, UC Asheville is going to be an interesting game to watch too, especially if UNC Asheville can get off to a hot start. I could see that being the case as well. Okay, let's start off with this one. Daniel, out of the two, out of the, okay, let's say this, out of the three fourteen matchups, so that is Baylor, UC, Santa Barbara, uh, Xavier, Kennesaw State, Gonzaga, Grand Canyon, and what's the other one? Um, hold on, hold on. Uh, 
Xavier, Kennesaw State. Did you say Kansas State, Montana State? I No, I did not. Okay. Which 3-14 matchup do you think is going to be the best game? Huh. That's tough. But I'm going to go with Baylor. U- no, I'm going to go Xavier, Kennesaw State. I do too. Just because it's kind of an X-factor thing. Because Xavier's been good, but they have a bad loss or two. And I know zero about Kennesaw State. So I don't know what they bring to the table. That's true. So, yeah. There's that. So let me ask you this. All right. If there's a two fifteen upset this year, which fifteen is going to be the one? Two fifteen. Yeah. Can I get why you're thinking about it? Yes. Colgate, man. Mm. They came in here and gave Auburn a fight for a while. Our friend Joey and I made very good friends with Damon Clark, who is a Colgate assistant coach. So mm. how are you? People were talking trash to him. I was just like, have a good trip home, Dave. And he looked at me and said, thank you. And then I followed him on Instagram, and he followed me back. So we're tight. Mm, right place, right time. Exactly. <laughs> um, the amount of talk about him, i got to say UCLA, UNC Asheville, just especially with the Achilles injury. To, I forgot UCLA is one of their top players. True. And then UNC Asheville's just got some dudes who can just shoot the lights out. Yeah. Um, I know that's Ethan Cinderella this year. Smart man, yeah. even though he's a Tottenham fan. But <laughs> – yeah, I think that could be a good one. Um, oh, I got this one. Which of the two 11 seeds that played in Dayton do you think makes it farther, Arizona State or Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Their first round matchup is versus Iowa State. Their second round would be against Xavier or Kennesaw State. Um, Arizona State plays TCU in the first round and would play Gonzaga at Grand Canyon. I think, yeah, I think Pittsburgh. Yeah. Especially with Pittsburgh playing in – Pittsburgh didn't get an automatic – by and they were ranked ahead of NC State in the ACC tournament. They really? had the ACC Coach of the Year, and they played in Dayton. Makes yeah. no sense. Yeah, that's pretty bad. The fact that NC State made it with a with a bye to the tournament, not Pittsburgh made it. Pittsburgh had the Coach of the Year. They made they had an automatic they a bye more buys than NC State. Clemson, who was I think the four seed in the ACC, didn't get a bye and they didn't weren't even in the tournament. I think that's just disrespectful. So I'm gonna go with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's yeah. playing with a chip on their shoulder. They're like, we should not be here right now. I agree. Hmm. Okay. Which double-digit seed do you think makes it the farthest? Oof. Double-digit seed. Let's see. I'm looking through right now to see what all my options are. Okay. The double-digit seed that I think makes it the farthest is Providence. And it would have to, they'd have to start hot. They'd have to beat Kentucky today, or tomorrow, I mean. But that's doable. Kentucky has some bad losses this year, mm-hmm. including Vanderbilt and South Carolina at home in Rupp. So this Providence team, they're Big East trained. And, you know, that that's as good as it's going to get non-Power 5. So I could see Providence pulling it off. And then I could see Providence beating Kansas State. So... Yeah, I'm going to go with the Friars as my the 11 seed Providence College Friars up in Rhode Island to be my double digit seed that makes it the furthest. Ooh, I like that. I think in my bracket what I had was um hold on, let me look. I have Charleston going to the the Sweet 16. Um A&M's a 7 seed. Yeah, I think it's Charleston. That's what I got right now. According to the Griggs Blankenberg brain of wisdom, that's who I think I have going the farthest right now. And holy cow, West Virginia's only up one now. Oh, really? That's crazy. But yeah, that's who I got doing that is what I think. 
All right, Daniel. Over, under. There will be five and a half. Or hold on, let's go down a little bit. Four and a half Big Ten teams in the Sweet 16. Hmm. The Big Ten teams in the tournament include Maryland. It includes uh, Purdue. It includes uh, Michigan State. It includes Northwestern. It includes um, Illinois. It includes uh, Penn State um, and Indiana. Who do you have? Four and a half. Over, under. Over. 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 Indiana. Um, Penn State. Wait, no. Actually, yeah, I'm still going to go over. I'm not exactly sure who, but over. Over. All right. First one seed to lose. The first one seed to lose. I think in your bracket, I know who you have. My first one seed losing is the Alabama Crimson Tide. And what round was that? Sweet 16? Sweet 16. I thought you had Purdue losing to Memphis. Oh, you're right. Dang it. Hmm. Yeah. I have the Boilermakers losing first, all moderate Drew Brees. Then I have the um, Virginia Cavaliers beating the likes of Brandon Miller and Nate Oates and Jaden Bradley and all of them in the Sweet 16. Yeah, when I played Jaden Bradley in in middle school, I didn't really see what he would become. (laughs) Oh, well, I don't think a lot of people did. It's kind of funny how they shot the lights out in that game. They shot like 90% against my team. And they were dunking in warm-ups as a 7th grade team. Dang. Explains why he went to IMG. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. That's got to be tough to play against. Yeah, my 5-3 self <laughs> playing basketball against that. That's the best thing about, like, middle and high school sports is you can get some real mismatches. Oh, yeah. Um. All right. What team do you think will be this year's Cinderella? Okay. Last year it was um, St. Peter's, Peter's, of course. This year, who do you think it can be? It can be – it can be like an eight, nine, whatever seed. What do you th- who do you think this year's Cinderella is going to be? I'm I'm going to go with Memphis. Mm. Uh, I think they have like the potential to kind of get things back on track and make a Sweet Sixteen or Elite Eight. Mm. Hmm. I don't know. Something about just seeing Marquette in this going far in mind just feels weird, even though they are a two seed. I think Penn State could do it. I think Penn State could very much do it. I don't have them winning in this one bracket, but I could see them do it. They have the makeup to do it right. They won a lot of games in the Big Ten tournament. They lost the championship game, which means they don't have the burden of winning all these games in a row, which is why I think Duke can both go far and both can lose early because Duke would have to win 16 games in a row to make the tournament, to to win it all. Yeah, and like we've said time and time again, it's all about getting hot at the right time. Exactly. I mean, you got to win six games in a row. Yeah. It's hard. Not many of these teams on here have done it. Some of them have done it this year, but not a whole bunch have done it in the last couple months, which is more important once you get into your conference play and everything. Yeah. Especially when you start to potentially play teams that you've already seen beforehand. Like, for instance, let me see the first match that could, it's already been played before. Um, Texas, Texas, and them would not have played already. Um, just looking down the bracket, I mean, I feel like Kentucky – no, Kentucky did not play Michigan State this year. It was something else. But you know what I'm saying with that regard. And then, yeah, well, I, that's probably going to do it for us, but I'm excited for March. I, I love – this wait. is the best couple weeks of the year. We're going to be there. Don't If you want to follow us for some random content today on our Twitters from Birmingham, it'll be my first time ever leaving Auburn, Going first time leaving going west in the state of Alabama besides Auburn. Really? So that's going to be interesting. First huh. time going to B-Town. Is that what they call it? 
No. What they call? No it? one's ever said that. No ever. one's ever said that. Oh my gosh. Oops. Um, I don't know. Magic City. Uh, that, that's like outdated, but <laughs> no. that that's the name. But like, no one says that who doesn't live there. Yeah, interesting. Or yeah, I'm not gonna. But say I'm, exci- it. <laughs> I'm excited to see the rest of the state now that yeah, I've never been I west mean, of Auburn. Lower your expectations, cause sounds good. I've been in your shoes on the reverse side, uh, driving in the Charlotte and seeing the skyline, being like, "That's awesome." Don't expect anything grand. Just, you know, have your expectations on the floor. I'm expect. well, that's how I do my, most of my sports teams. That's why when you get a win, everything feels great. Yeah. But if, that, if you enjoy Birmingham, it'll be wonderful. Yes. And then hopefully I'm there, back there Saturday. Hopefully. Hopefully. But that is going to do it for our talk on college basketball. We will, if you want to hear any of that, you can find the podcast later on your favorite podcast platform. But when we come back, we have a whole other hour of sports coverage. We'll still... Throw in some March Madness scores here and there, but do not go anywhere. Second hour of the show is coming up. You're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I am Daniel Locke. Griggs Blankenberg is here. He just had to run a quick errand, so he'll be back momentarily. But the first half of the show, we just broke down March Madness, anything and everything. So if you want to listen to that, the podcast version of today's show will be up very shortly after we get out of here today because we have to get up shortly because Griggs and I are headed to Birmingham. So now the basketball talk is the college basketball talk is pretty much over. We'll still sprinkle in some scores here and there. Man, it's been a while since I've been in the studio alone on this show. If you listen to the first semester of the Eagles Nest back in fall of 2021, it was a one man show. I ran the thing all alone the whole semester. But then we added Griggs in the spring, and things have just gone up ever since. So forgive me if I'm a little rusty on kind of ad-libbing by myself here. But I'm just gonna we're gonna talk about NFL free agency because it has been wild so far. I'm a diehard New Orleans Saints fan. If you've listened to this show for more than a week, you've you've you know that um, the Saints signed Derek Carr, a quarterback from the started his career in Oakland, then made the move to Vegas with the Raiders and I'm excited about this because one of the biggest things missing for the Saints last year was consistent quarterback play so I'm really excited that they've signed Derek Carr and I'm excited to kind of see what they can do um they've just been making moves hey Griggs is back they've just kind of been making moves to improve the offense the defense is still going to be pretty good I hope so yeah I think the Saints have put themselves in a pretty good position to compete for a relatively weak NFC South I would say um, but Griggs is back. Oops. Now Griggs is back. Watch it on the NFC South this week line. It is. Because the Panthers traded for the first overall pick in the draft. They gave up this year's first overall pick, their set, their first round pick. They gave up their second round pick as well this year. They're giving up their first round pick next year, and they're giving up their second round pick in 2025. They have quite literally mortgaged their future, so they better get this right. With And they also traded DJ Moore away, which is sad, which is also funny that DJ Moore is, if you go off of career receiving yards, he's already the best receiver in Bears history. Really? Mm. That's what I've heard everywhere. That's crazy. Which, Well, the famous line, you remember uh, the Moose Muhammad, the old Panthers player? You know, yeah. his li- you know what his famous line was? Chicago is where wide receivers go to die. Oh. Yeah. So that's interesting. But the Justin Fields DJ Moore combo would be is going to be electric. I feel like so, and I'm still cheering for DJ Moore. I hope he does well. Yeah, he's a good dude. He had a lot of good stuff, but now, I mean, here's what I keep telling myself: People are like the Panthers have no receivers, but then I point back to the fact that Cam Newton literally took this team to the Super Bowl with our best receiver being Ted Ginn Jr. <laughs> 
Yeah. That's a fact. So we can do anything. I mean, signing Miles Sanders yesterday was huge. I've always been a big fan of Miles Sanders. We got him for a little bit cheap, too. We got Hayden Hurst as well, which you need a good tight end, especially we've not had a good tight end, consistent one since Greg Olson left for the Seahawks back in, I think, 2019. So that's good to get that back. But got to figure out a way to get a third-round wide receiver, something like that, someone who can get in there with Terrence Marshall Jr. as well. I think that could be a big help to the team in that regard. And I hope they do that. Have you talked to anybody about Derek Carr yet, I'm going to guess? Yeah, I kind of opened it up with a little Derek uh, Carr talk. But in addition to that, the Saints have signed Jamal Williams from the Detroit mm. Lions, a good kind of two-back to go along with Alvin Kamara. Well, are we sure Alvin Kamara? Yeah. <laughs> He'll be fine. That's, did you see that video? Yeah. Not great, but. He's got a good lawyer. I mean, they all do. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Um, but, yeah, I do like Terrence Marshall a lot. He's a good, or, sorry, uh, wait. Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're I'm still thinking about the Panthers. But, um, yeah, that's a good combo. I think South's going to be interesting next year because the best – because it's going to be – I think it's going to be the Panthers and the Saints, and then Desmond Ritter's the quarterback for the Falcons, and the quarterback right now for the Buccaneers is still Kyle Trask and maybe Baker Mayfield. Yeah, the, it's going to be between the Saints and the Panthers. Um, one of them will win the division. And hopefully that doesn't, unfortunately, go the opposite way, which we both – our NFL preview is crazy to look back on it now. Yeah, if you, if you want to laugh, go and listen to this year's NFL preview. Yeah. Now that you know what happened, because boy, oh boy. I really thought Baker Mayfield would lead the Panthers to the wild card game. It's okay, it happened. It's crazy. So, mm-hmm. the New England Patriots signed Juju Smith-Schuster yesterday. Two years, $15 million, I think. Is he ever going to go away, man? No. He's so annoying. Uh, yeah. I liked him, bef- like, his first two years before he, you know, got TikTok. Yeah. I really enjoyed Juju, but Bill, now— Bill Belichick's having none of that. No, no. I- I'm surprised Bill Belichick even lets his players have smartphones. Honestly, yeah. they should. He thinks they should all probably get Blackberries. <laughs> probably. You can call me, you can call your mom, and you can call 911. That's it. That just seems like something he'd say. Yeah, that's a really odd signing for the Patriots. Yeah. Especially after the moves that Miami's made this offseason, getting Jalen Ramsey for a bag of peanuts, and then the Jets now acquiring, most likely going to get Aaron Rodgers saying he wants to play for them, just still working out the financial parts of that. And then also the fact that um, the Bills are still really stinking good. Yeah. So Aaron Rodgers and the Jets getting Aaron Rodgers and the Patriots getting Juju probably makes New England fans a little bit like, are we doing anything this offseason? Mm-hmm. Because you have to think about that too. Max and a this is a Mac Jones make or break year because they got to figure out if they're going to pick up his, his next season option. Yeah. So, I don't know. Cause, and then also Patriots, I mean, this season they didn't make the playoffs, which is rare for them. So, they're like, the Patriots fans won't deal with that for too long, I feel like. No, they won't because um, they're probably the most spoiled fan base in all of American professional sports. I'd say probably the most spoiled in the last 20 years, really. Yeah, yeah. Last 20 years, yes. Ever, no. Ever's the New York Stankies. Um but, yeah. Other stuff in the uh, NFL I'm trying to think that's happened. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, the, the Bears are making big moves right now. Again, getting all that those stuff from Carolina. Um, other trying to think of other stuff that's going on. I mean, Matt Ryan got released the other day. Oh, from, really? Yeah, from the Colts. I didn't even see that. Hmm. And uh, at halftime of the first game, the Mountaineers are losing now to the Maryland Terrapins, 32-30. And Furman just hit another three. It is now 19-17 Cavaliers. So this is still – we're still throwing in March Madness stuff here and there. 
But NFL stuff, back to them. Let me pull up that list again. Sorry, I'm on the March Madness games. You're good. Just kind of going down the NFL transaction wire. Uh, this is relevant to you. The Panthers have restructured Ian Thomas's contract mm. to create $2.875 million in cap That's space. That's good because he will probably not see the field at all or too much this season at all because that means he's Hayden Hurst is probably injured, which let's let's all say our prayers. Um, Darius Slay is expected to stay in Philly. Oh, we didn't say this one yet. The Cowboys cut Zeke. That's right. That's huge. That is huge. So that, that happened yesterday. The Cowboys released two-time rushing champ Ezekiel Elliott, even though they gave him all that money a couple years ago. But Tony Pollard is a better running back. Let's just be honest here with ourselves. Yeah. Since the NFL is probably the sport me and you talk about the most on the show. Yeah, I'd say so. But, yeah, I mean, I thought I thought the Panthers were going to try to get him. I didn't want him until we signed Miles Sanders yesterday. So there's that. That's good. Um, Orlando Brown signing with the Bengals is huge, I think. Yeah, because that's the, what they've been missing to O-line. They're just, or no, uh, yeah, they're just bolstering that O-line up. Because, again, yeah, you're right. That's what they've been missing. They also did release Jesse Bates, though. So they have a – or no, they Jesse Bates went to the Falcons, which oh, I don't want to see that, man. Because now he's just – instead of going to the NFC Championship game every year, AFC Championship game, he's going to be having to – yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So it's just been crazy. And you know how it was kind of funny – I vividly remember last year, the free agency, once it kind of opened up, it just seemed like everyone's a little gun-shy to do stuff. This year, right from the starter's pistol, everyone's been making moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we already have some of uh, the top uh, players, according to ESPN, get signed, 100, according to Matt Bowen. Orlando Brown, number one, was going to the Bengals. Javon Hargrave going to the 49ers. Mike McGlitchie from the, um, going to the Denver Broncos. Jamal Dean signed with the Bucks. Uh, Jesse Bates, number five, signed with the Falcons. Dalton Schultz went back to the Cowboys. Or, no, he's not going back to the Cowboys. So, Dalton Schultz still not, does, is yet without a team, so definitely the best wide, uh, tight end still remaining. This player, according to this chart, who has not been re-signed yet, um, C.J. Gardner-Johnson still has yet to be picked up for his next contract. He did not get re-signed by the Eagles yet, so that's going to be an interesting thing to ha- happen. Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him return to New Orleans, but if I knew he was going to be healthy. Because I really, really enjoyed watching him play his first two years with the Saints. But the one kind of issue was, like, this year with the Eagles was the health. It also is really confusing me how that, um, what's his name, re-signed. The Saints gave Michael Thomas another deal. But they yeah. laid in it with incentives. So that's probably a smart move for them. And in addition to that, he's had two years to nurse his ankle. And this is it. This is the last. This after, is the last straw. After this year, if he's still not playing, he's got to go. He's got to go. I will be done making excuses. I will be done vouching for him. But in your defense, he was done making excuses for him like this year. Yeah, that really. When I picked him to win comeback player of the year, and he played like two games, that really just got to me. Who did win comeback player of the year? That's a good question. I don't know. Um. Jawan Taylor signing with the Kansas City Chiefs. So, Chiefs, the rich just get richer. Yeah. So, offensive line still great. Um, looking to see people on this list who have yet to sign their next deal. Um, Jacoby Miners signing signing with the Rangers is funny after he gave them that win. Yeah, that, that is funny. hilarious. A lot of these top free agents have been signed already. Jimmy G's going to the Raiders, which is you you get handsomer Jimmy uh, Derek Carr. Right. Um, Bobby Wagner still yet to be signed. The inside linebacker for the Rams has yet to pick up another contract yet. Huh. 
He uh, his speed is declining a little bit, but yeah, he's still not been signed yet, which is still one of the best linebackers in the game. The Panthers signed T.T. Williams from the or Deshaun Williams from the Broncos. He did. Also, Odell Beckham. Where is he going to play next year? He he was sat the entire 2022 season after tearing his ACL in the Super Bowl. That was a brutal one. Yeah, but man, I'm where just does he say, go? I've always loved Odell Beckham Jr. I like him a lot more than Juju. Probably and just because he stays off social media more than Juju. Right. But you know where he went to college. And you know what NFL team is one hour down the road from that college. However, though, I know what you're going to say. That cap, though. He's going to want something. He is. And we don't have it. <laughs> we would have to get some major restructuring. Mm-hmm. Um, Juju signed that. Um, where I hope, I hope the Panthers get Adam Thielen. I, 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 we need we need an experienced receiver. And I get why they got rid I get why he didn't they, they released him because next – this either this offseason or next offseason, you're going to have to give Justin Jefferson the bag. Yeah. You're going to have to. And that them releasing him now kind of makes me think that they're going to sign him into a major extension this offseason. But you never know. Uh, Jadavion Clowney's still not been picked up. That's an interesting one. Um, yeah, the yeah, kind of what you said, though. The NFL went crazy in a couple early days. Still the big news is still Aaron Rodgers with that. Wanting to play for the Jets, it's just a matter of time, I think, before that happens. But I would agree. Now, maybe that the Packers can kind of hold the Jets per se hostage and get exactly what they want because they know how much Aaron wants to go there. So I think they can get a little bit more than what they bargained for. So there's that. But yeah, that is going to do it for our NFL talk. When we come back, we have another segment of the show coming up. We'll talk about what we're going to do during the break and come back to you. But do not go anywhere. More Eagles Nest is coming your way here on WEGL 91.1 FM. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm Daniel Locke. Alongside me today, and as always, is Griggs Blankenberg. The first hour of the show is all about March Madness. Then for the last 15 minutes, we've talked about NFL free agency. Now we're going to have a joint segment between the National Basketball Association and the National Hockey League. Yes, let's start off with running through the standings real quick with basketball. Before you get to that, this is the first time this year that I'm not going to enjoy the East. As much. He's referring to the Milwaukee Bucks, who are in first place in the East over two and a half games over the Boston Celtics. The Milwaukee Bucks are the first team in the National Basketball Association to clinch a pl- to, I said clinch, to clinch a playoff spot. Uh, behind them is the Celtics, third the Sixers, fourth the Cavs, fifth the Knicks, sixth the Nets. Going into the play-in tournament now, it goes Heat, Hawks, Raptors, and Wizards, respectively, then Bulls, Pacers, Magic, Hornets and Pistons, who are eliminated from playoff contention. So the Hornets are next up to be eliminated for the playoffs, and it's coming soon. We just need to stop. We need to stop beating teams we should not beat. Yeah, it's funny. Kind of along that same line, I saw this meme recently where it was um the it was like the SpongeBob thing where it's you know it's like versus something bad, something good, something mm-hmm. great. It was against a lottery pick team. It was like a real small one. And then mm-hmm. against championship contenders, it was like the big one, like when he wrestled Patrick. If you're familiar with that meme, mm-hmm. that that probably made no sense to anyone listening. But Griggs, Griggs got it. I think a little bit, yeah. And then, yeah, my, both my teams win games they're not supposed to. And I'm talking about hockey, we'll get to that in a minute. I think you know which game I'm talking about. Um, moving on to the West, real quick, we have Nuggets in first place, four and a half games over the Kings and the Grizzlies. The Kings are in second place in the Western Conference. Who would have thought? Not me. Yeah, all. no, that was not on my NBA bingo card this year. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on now, we said Nuggets in first, Kings in second, uh, Grizzlies third, Suns fourth, Clippers fifth, Warriors sixth. Then we're going to go in the playing games, Timberwolves, Mavericks, Thunder, and Lakers. Then we go out of the playing game, Jazz, Pelicans, Blazers, Spurs, and Rockets. The Pelicans went from the one seed to out of the play-in in two months. That's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's bad. And then the Blazers. Remember when we were talking about them in the beginning of the season? They were like third. Yeah. And now they're all the way down near the bottom. That's crazy. That's crazy to think about. Because I remember talking about them, and they were like third or fourth. Yeah. And then the Lakers somehow have gotten into the playing game. People are asking, are the Lakers better without LeBron? I Pe- think so. People are asking. I'm asking. Um, yeah, the West looks a lot like the East does normally in other years. Because like, all these teams in the play-in tournament are like barely above 500. And then the Warriors are 36 and 34. And then the Suns, who were in fourth place, are 37 and 32. In fourth place in the East, it's the Cavs, 44 and 28. We've not even talked about it yet in the show, I don't think, with both of us here. Kevin Durant to the Suns. Oh, yeah. And that is major. Then he got injured. Unfortunate. Yes. So he'll probably be back. So that's probably the Suns are probably my team that I'm like thinking, okay, they're, they're going to be fine when he's back. They're going to win the West. But I agree. The Warriors creeping back up, man. They can't win on the road to save their life, but they win at home almost every single game, it feels like. So the Warriors are creeping back up there. I remember they were out of the play-in, I think, when we last talked about it. Or they were barely in the play-in game, and now they're in the sixth. And then seeing our wonderful station manager, Luke Walker, through the window into his office here made me think of the Dallas Mavericks mm. signing Kyrie or picking up Kyrie Irving. I that's, that's not going good for them right now. No. That's not at all. It started off good. I think they won their first game, and now it's – who would have thought Kyrie Irving would cause the team to start to decline? Yeah, who would have thought it? Who would it's have not thought like that? that's happened four times. Craziness. Um, other news in basketball, well, there's John Morant. Yeah. That's, that's sad. Um, I like John Morant a lot. I've been high on him for a long time. I saw him play um, in college against Alabama. I saw him play in pro with you. Yeah, that, that's right. Um, <clears throat> that was a good game. You don't go on Instagram Live and do that. No, I just I'm praying for him because I really like John Morant and I believe that he is a good person and I, I think he's just kind of made a mistake, but he's getting the help he needs and I'm confident he'll come back and be a better man and not do anything like this again because you just gotta think about it, man. Like these kid, there are kids looking up to you and I know like like Charles Barkley said, just because I can dunk a basketball doesn't mean I should raise your kid and like I get that. Like, parents still need to, you know, raise the kids. But, like, you're, you're still a role model. That is true. Whether you want to be or not. Mm. Like, you, you go to all these, like, Grizzlies games and you see all these 12 jerseys. Like, like that's got to mean something to you. Because they're watching you. And they're watching what you do. And it's just, it's just about the message you send mm-hmm. to the next generation. And I just, for his sake, and I think he's, I think he's doing everything he needs to do to get himself, like, into a better frame of mind. So my thoughts and prayers are with him. Yeah. Look at Daniel being all philosophical this morning. Oh, yeah. How about it? Or technically it's afternoon now. Yeah. But, yeah, NBA just – we always <laughs> – it's weird because then we're like, we'll be here for like the, when the second round starts and then like it will be like um, three weeks in the summer when the NBA ends. That's right. how long the NBA and NHL playoffs are. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Speaking of NHL, on to the NHL. We'll go through the standings first off. I think Daniel's going to be a little bit more happy here than he was with basketball, even <laughs> though that's maddening to think about. It makes me shake with rage. 
We'll start off as we do in the East, in the Atlantic, clenching the first playoff spot in the entire National Hockey League this year. It is the 105 points now. Boston Bruins, fastest team ever to 100 points. They're 50-11-5. They're on a two-game losing streak, though. They were 7-3 in their last 10, though, with a plus-100 goal differential. That is almost 50 goals higher than every other team in the National Hockey League. So still looking good in Boston. Even though somehow the Blackhawks decided to win the other night against the Bruins six yeah, to three, I was happy for y'all. No, I'm not happy for us. I want us to oh. lose. Oh yeah, you, I want you I want Bedard. You want Bedard? That's right. Wouldn't it be funny if three of my four te- pro teams would have the number one overall pick in the draft in the same year? That'd be nuts. That would be nuts. I I need it bad. Yeah, it's, it's the question you would ask. It's like you ask me, would I rather have Wimbenyana or Bedard? That's kind of my thinking around it. Yeah, that's. Fair. I don't I don't even know which one, but because they're both touted really well. Um, then we got the Leafs, the Lightning, the Panthers, Sabres, Senators, Wings, and the Canadians to wrap up the Atlantic. Again, I think you just got to watch out for the Leafs, maybe the Lightning a little bit mm-hmm. in a seven-game series. That's my thinking behind it. Yeah, I agree. Moving on to the Metropolitan Division, unfortunately, the top seed is the Carolina Hurricanes, two points above the New Jersey Devils in second with 94 points. Hurricanes are 44, 14, and 8. However, they did have one of their best players, I believe, go out for the for the rest of the season with a leg injury. So that could cause some problems down the, stri- down the road. Um, what else do we have here? Um, we have the, uh, and then it goes Hurricanes, Devils, Rangers, Penguins, Islanders, Capitals, Flyers, and Jackets. Oh, no, I forgot. Rangers. You've had the show before. I have not talked about this yet. Patrick Kane is a Ranger. I hate it. I, I, hate I like it Patrick Kane so much. And I, the Rangers are like my second least favorite team in the NHL. Mm-hmm. So behind who? Um, Toronto. Oh. And then and then Rangers and then uh, Montreal. I'll go Carolina second for me. Carolina's probably is an argument to be in my top three. It's just so sad, man. I get why it happened, but he was playing so good before he got traded too. I'm thinking, yeah, we can still do this. We're like. I don't know. And then Taze is probably going to have to retire this offseason because he's still dealing with problems. But I kind of look at this in a good way because this forces them to go full rebuild. Yeah. This forces them to not just hold on to what – it's kind of what they've been doing the last couple of years, keep Taze and Kane and Seabrook for a little bit. And then just – yeah. I could tell was, they wanted to start moving away from that method once Duncan Keith got traded to the Oilers. But – yeah, it's sad, and it's unfortunately that because now I'm gonna have to cheer for the Rangers this, to at least get to the conference final so I can get that better pick. But yeah, I'll still cheer for 88. It's not, it wasn't his. I mean, he's still playing at a high level. And the Rangers were my pick to go to, to the conference final this year, if you remember in the preseason pick. Yeah. Looking at Boston though, that doesn't look likely, but I'd like them to at least get there. But yeah, very sad. Love 88. All right, moving on to the Western Conference now, and more pain for me. Uh, the Central Division will start out with the Stars, who are one game above the Wild right now at sixty at 87 points, 37, 18, and 13. 13 overtime losses, my goodness. Um, they're on a 7-2 in their last, 7-2-1 the last 10. They're on a one-game losing streak, and they're followed by the Wild, Avalanche, Jets, Predators, Blues, Coyotes, and the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, we're not good. Yikes. We are very bad. I don't know how we beat the Bruins. Um, and then the Pacific, again, pretty close still at the top. The Golden Knights are three points above the Kings with 90 points, 42, 20, and 6. Won their, on a four-game win streak, 7-2, and won their last 10. Then it goes Knights, Kings, Oilers, Kraken, Flames, Canucks, Ducks, and Sharks. Uh, what's going on with the, the Kraken? Because I remember they were like 
first or second when we left. Yeah, it's the same. It's like the Pelicans and Trailblazers effect. It's like they were really high, and then they just kind of like, oh, wait, we're not actually good. Just kidding. Yeah, that that kind of caught me off guard because they were like right there. They were holding that spot for a while, too. Yeah. Um, Looking through the standings of what's going on right now, the wild card seeds. First off, the first the two wild card spots in the East would currently go to the Penguins and the Islanders. They are both five points above the Panthers and the Capitals, respectively. And then in the West, uh, it is the Kraken and the Winnipeg Jets. 81 points for the Kraken, 59, uh, 79 for the Jets. The Jets are four points ahead of the Predators and five points ahead of the Flames. And then stats, is it just the McDavid show again? Of course it is. <laughs> the McDavid show on one side and the Linus Olmark show on the other side. I'm glad that he got back up there. I don't know why, because I remember the last show we had, he was not nowhere to be seen on the chart. Yeah. Do you remember what I said? Um, yeah, McDavid, 129 points. Drysidle, second with 100. Kucherov with 96. Pasternak with 89. And Tage Thompson with 87. For goals, McDavid stole the top with 56, followed by Pasternak with 46. Drysidle with 44, as well as Miko Rantanen. And then Braden Point with 43. I've not heard his, I've not said his name in a minute. Right. And then in plus minus, there's three out of the five are Bruins. Lindholm for the Bruins, 41. Plus minus Tate, uh, Tater. Yeah, Tater. For the Jet, uh, with the Jets, 37, as well as Grizzlyek. Grizzly, yeah. Grizzlyek, 37. Brandon Carlo with 34. And then Jared Spurgeron with Brandon 31. Carlo being four is why I hate this, that plus minus because he is not. Yeah, because I've not heard you say his name at all. Yeah, he's just kind of, he's like third line left wing or something. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, like Dan said, it's the Olmark show on yep. the goaltending. Every stat's only goalkeeper under two goals a game. Um, it's kind of crazy that the backup goalkeeper for the Wild is better than um, Flurry right now. 2.01 goals a game. Yeah. And then uh, it's still Olmark. And then Vasilevsky's kind of get back up there. Shesterkin. Yeah. So hockey's getting wild, man. We're getting down to it now with that. But that sounds, sure are. It sounds like it's going to do it. When we come back, we got one more segment before who you got. We don't know what we're going to do yet with that. But don't fear. We will be back soon. You're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm Daniel Locke. Along to my right is Craig Blankenberg. We've talked about a lot today. We did March Madness for the whole first hour. Then we did NFL free agency. Then we did a joint segment with the NBA and the NHL. And now we're going to start off with a little bit of golf action before talking about some World Baseball Classic stuff in the MLB Spring Training. So, Scotty Scheffler won the Players' Championship. He's a dude. He is a dude. I love this guy. He's awesome. Um, Did you see his Masters dinner, too? Yes. Bro, that is awesome. So that, people that don't, dinner looks good. So, people don't know, the Masters champion every year, I think it's on, I think, Tuesday night? Yeah. Every Tuesday night at the Masters, it's called the Champions Dinner. All the former champions are welcome back to Augusta, where last year's champion will pick the menu. And Scotty Scheffler picked probably one of the best menus I've ever seen. I saw this yesterday. Served in honor of Mr. Scotty Scheffler from the Masters on Twitter. The Master Club Dinner on April 4th. For the appetizers, it will be cheeseburger sliders served Scotty style. That's good. I want to figure out what I that means. I want to know what that means. Firecracker shrimp with sweet Thai chili and sriracha mayo. And as well before the main course comes out, there is a tortilla soup with avocado, crispy blue tortilla strips, sour cream, cilantro, and lime. Then next up, the main course is a Texas ribeye steak or blackened redfish, family-style mac and cheese, jalapeno cream corn, 
fried Brussels sprouts. Fried Brussels sprouts. I've never heard of that before. I've not either. Sounds interesting. And Must be like a household mm-hmm. thing. And seasoned fries. And to finish it all off, there would be a warm chocolate chip skillet cookie with milk and cookies ice cream. That sounds amazing. That is yeah, one of the best really dinners I've ever heard. The only thing I personally would change on that probably would be I'd switch out tortilla soup for French onion, but that's just me. I would switch out t- tortilla soup for uh, – I'm basic with soup. I just like chicken noodle. And then maybe I'd switch out the sw- shrimp for, like, wings, but I don't know if I'd ever see, like, Gary Player eating wings. <laughs> Oh, that's gonna be interesting. Also, with the lift stuff this year too. You got Dustin, and you got yeah. Bubba. You got um, oh, Patrick Reed. <laughs> that and then Cameron. Uh, well, Cameron Smith hasn't won. He's gonna be there though because he won the play. Uh, the Open. Yeah. But yeah, that's gonna be interesting. Scotty Scheffler looks hot right now. It's like it kind of feels like now, which is it's switching back and forth every week between Rom and him. I yeah. feel like it's just crazy to think about. I like John Rom a lot. I enjoy seeing him do well. So. I'm interested to kind of the road to Augusta's on. It is. It's coming up sooner than you think. Less than a month away from Augusta, which is going to be awesome. I cannot, I cannot wait. wait for the Masters. It's going to be awesome. But nonetheless, we move on talking about the world of golf. Some other big stories that are going on right now in golf. Um, the new ball rules that are being discussed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It came out yesterday where the PGA, for some reason, is going to change how the golf ball works for the pros to kind of – their reasoning behind it was because some classic courses, they cannot extend or stuff. People are hitting it much farther now. They want to limit how far kind of the golf ball can go, kind of reinvent the design, but only for the pro players. And I feel like it would only be for, I think, a few select majors on how it could do it. Yeah. So because some golf courses, like I'll use – like Augusta still has room to expand – move back tee boxes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Charlotte's extended what they do at the Quail Hollow. But then some it's physically impossible for them to change. Like the Open at St. Andrews, they, yeah. they can't move. No. But what is your thoughts behind that? Because I'm okay with – all the golfer seems to hate it. I don't like it as much because I like how – Justin Thomas put it really well. Like I think Justin Thomas might be the most likable Alabama athlete in my perspective. Gotta be, right? Yeah. And he's like – yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cool how in golf, like you can use the same ball as the pros. Like he's like, yeah. you can use the same ball as I use. But now what they want to do is take that out. Which I get what he's saying from because you grow up playing with this ball all the way. I think the closest example. I mean, it's very different, but wood bats to metal bats. Yeah, I think that could be used as an example sure. where it's only the pros who use the wood bats. Like throughout all like baseball, I mean, college still uses metal and everything. That's probably the best way I can explain that. But, like, yeah, so Scotty's like, or no, Justin's like, why in the, yeah, he's like, golf's just too easy, man. I'm just hitting it too far and too straight. No one's saying that. Right. That's, like, yeah, I hate this. Because, A, it's fun to watch these dudes at absolute nukes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't care what Except you, Bryson. Right. I, I agree with that. Um, Yeah. And then, right, like, as a sports fan, you, you can go buy a jersey, but it won't be what the players are wearing. You can go, you know, buy some cleats, like for your son. They're not going to be what the players are using. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things about golf is I can go into Dick's or um, Academy or Golf Galaxy or the PGA Tour Superstore and get the exact stuff they have. And I don't know, like I know it seems insignificant, but I love that. And yeah, I, I'm with I'm with JT. Like I hate the new ball thing. Mm-hmm. Like what's the point? Yeah, like, that's true. 
Um, moving on now, let's go through the world golf rankings real quickly. Back at number one now is Scotty Scheffler of the United States. Second place drops down one. It is John Rahm. In third, staying put is Rory McIlroy. Fourth place, Patrick Canley of the United States. Fifth, Cameron Smith, who I don't I don't know how he's still there. I don't either. Because Liv's not getting ranking points still, right? Uh, no, they're not. So that's interesting to me. Um, Max Homa, my guy, up to six now. Let's go, Max. Um, the United States. Moving down to seventh is Xander Shoffley. Uh, eighth, holding steady is Will Zalatoris. Go Deeks, baby. I hope Will can get back to good because he's still kind of nursing that back injury a little bit. He played yeah. well at the Genesis, but he hasn't played well the past couple weeks after that. Uh, Victor Hovland's in ninth from Norway, it looks like. And then mm-hmm. JT is in tenth, followed by Colin Morikawa at 11th. Tony now 12th. Matt Fitzpatrick, 13th. Spieth at 14, and Sam Burns at 15. So that is golf talk. I love Spieth, man. I do, too. I, there's a lot of like likable golfers I have. Like it's, yeah. I don't have the same thing in every sport. Well, maybe it's because it's individual. Like I can't pick like five F1 drivers I really like. <laughs> yeah. Because that's weird like that. But now let's go on to baseball. I think the big news that happened last night as well is on Edwin Diaz. According to the Mike Puma of the NY, uh, New York Post, Edwin Diaz has a patellar tendon injury, according to Billy Epler, and will undergo surgery today. He will miss at least eight months, most likely. So today is March 16th. Eight months from now would be, hold on, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. That's eight months. That's a long time. So the Mets will have to be playing in the last games of the season for him to be used, which I feel bad for Mets fans, but at the same time, like, that's got to that's be painful. Yeah. Especially <laughs> during the World Baseball Classic. That's weird. Another point. World Baseball Classic happens in the middle of the, the tr- spring training. No other sport. Does. Like the World Cup. That's the only other thing I can compare it to. It happens during when no soccer is being played. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the summer most of the, most of the time. Every four years. Yeah. My dad and I were talking about this on the way to Nashville. Like it's you. it's like better training I guess. Because you're definitely playing harder than that than you would be in spring training. But Plus, then this stuff happens. Right. Yeah. But I guess, like, with baseball, like, you can't just stop the league for the summer. It's either you got to play it after the World Series has ended or you play it before, which I probably lean towards more after. But yeah. that'd be, like, cold and stuff. But I remember the, the World Baseball Class in, like, 2017 was awesome. Yeah. And that – because I remember them promoting it like crazy. They didn't promote it that much for this one, I feel like. No. Because I remember when 2017, that was awesome. Yeah. It was, like – but now with, like, the World – it's weird because if you have, like, some rules, I mean – of example, like Marcus Stroman was pitching for the United States back when they won it, and now he's playing for Cuba. That's odd. Other people like, um, like um, Clay Thompson's brother's playing for Great Britain. I know Freddie Freeman plays for Canada. But I'm pretty that's sure he's Canadian. Mom. Yeah, but like all these people, like like there's like some dude on Japan's team who's like, I think like grandmother is Japanese or something like that, and he doesn't even know the language, and he's playing for them. Yeah, they need some more clear-cut rules. I think with I think with Israel's team, too, I think my brother told me this. I think you just have to be – I don't know how it works. Because Jock Peterson is playing for them, and it's – I don't know. I just don't know how it works because in soccer, once you play for a country on, like, the senior professional level, you're stuck with them. You can't yeah. switch countries. Like, you can play for, like, U18 teams for different countries, but once you play one international game for, like, the senior team, you're locked in. You can't leave. Which I think is fair. Exactly, which is why I'm so confused by that. But nonetheless – I mean, I'm following the World Baseball Classic not that much, but I'm like, 
yeah, USA's won some games. I don't really know too, too much. I feel like Japan's doing pretty well from what I've seen. I noticed uh, last night Yadier Molina is managing Puerto Rico. Don't like that guy. I love that guy. I do not like that guy. Caused me a lot of pain. Oh, yeah. A lot of pain. And now Wilson Contreras is probably going to do the same thing, which is so sad for me. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. Mm. But, yeah, other World Baseball Classic stuff. I mean, Mike Trout's playing real well for America. They have some weird rules with pitching. That's why I don't like it at the spring training time, because they have, like, pitch limits for people. Mm. Like, America's starting pitcher the other night was, for goodness sake, it was Adam Wainwright versus Great Britain. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's got to be at least one starting pitcher who's better than Adam Wainwright, who's an American. Mm-hmm. That just makes no sense to me. Just trying to think of other stuff that's pressing with that. We already talked about the Diaz injury. Um, I really don't have too much on MLB. I mean, we're just getting into spring training, I guess, right now. Like, no one's really talking about the spring training games because a lot yeah. of, like, the players are in the World Baseball Classic. I mean, we're how many days away from opening day? Um, I feel like it's, see. I heard the March thirty. I saw the Pirates coach say like March thirtieth or something. Fourteen. Like that. I know the Red Sox start March. Or yeah, um, everyone starts March. 30th. Okay, it starts the thirtieth. So, two yes. weeks from today. Two weeks from today, their first matchup will be the Atlanta Braves at the Washington Nationals, twelve oh five p.m. As well as the San Francisco forty. Us, uh, I said forty. San Francisco Giants at the New York Yankees. Logan Webb, Garrett Cole, already the starters for that one. So people were getting down to it, man. MLB preview probably next week or the week after, but baseball's coming back. I hope I can be a little more happy this year than I was last year. I mean, people forget the Cubs have the best record in baseball now last year for a little bit. Now, granted, they did play the first game of the season. They did start off 1-0, so I, that is what I'm counting that as. But, you know. Oh, you also know why I think it's stupid this weekend? What's that? Edwards versus Usman threes on Saturday the NCAA tournament. Come on. Come on, Dana. I get that it's in London, but come on. Yeah, it's bad. Well, because they're competing with that. I mean, ugh. anywho, that's just annoying. But that is going to do it for our talk on golf and MLB. When we come back, last segment of the show, we have Who You Got makes its triumphant return with both of us in studio. We don't have the tallies, but we're going to tally them up for next week. So do not go anywhere. When you come back, last segment of the show, you're listening to the Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back to Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. It is now time for everyone's favorite, Who You Got. It is time for Who You Got. After it makes its triumphant return after a couple weeks off, we are back again. We'll get you the full tallies next week, but let's get it started now. Utah State and Missouri has just tipped off. If you're still listening to the Eagles Nest instead of watching college basketball, we thank you for listening. I wouldn't. That's crazy. We maybe appreciate the support. Maybe they're doing it both simultaneously. Like I'm doing. <laughs> Yeah, But nonetheless, here we go. We're starting off. These are all March Madness picks for this first round matchup today and Friday. So let's start it off with San Diego State versus Charleston, the 5-12 matchup everyone is keeping their eye on. Mr. Locke, who you got? I've got Charleston, man. Mm. I'm confident, and I think that they are going to get it done. You are confident they are going to get it done. I am going with you as well. Shout out my guy Ben Byrne. I'm Carmel Christian. Charleston will upset San Diego State today. Now, we move on to Creighton, NC State. Daniel, who you got? NC State. I know there's been a lot of talk, like especially from us today, on how they don't deserve to be there, but I just don't buy Creighton, and I think NC State's going to kind of use the fuel and get it done. Yeah, I'm going with NC State, too. I've talked so much trash about them today that I feel like they're going to prove me wrong. 
So, yeah, I'm going with NC State to win today for the home state, which is maddening. I'm, well, I'd cheer for them over Duke, but, yeah, you know. Yeah. Moving on now, Tennessee versus Louisiana. Tennessee still without Zakai Ziegler. Daniel, you got? Oh, man. I want to pick ULL so bad in the official pick them, but I just can't bring myself to do it. I'm going to have to take the Volunteers. I'm going to have to pick the Vols, too. I just, I don't know. I feel like Tennessee is always good for the first round, and then the second mm-hmm. round is where it gets a little bit iffy. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Tennessee. Because they still have Santiago Vescovi, who I put on my, at the SEC <laughs> tournament, I uh, had him on my uh, all-tournament ballot for media voting. Like, yeah, like, if they run the same thing they did against Auburn, it is legit impossible to stop. You cannot yeah. stop it. No, Auburn tried, and then they had to put Zepp Jasper back on him. He just was – they would set, like, three screens, three, every time. So if they do that, they'll be fine, especially in a first-round team where they've not seen this yet. Yeah. Uh, Michigan State versus USC, 7-10 matchup. Big 10 versus the Pac-12. Michigan State. Yeah, I'm going to go with Michigan State, too. I mean, Tom Izzo still won the Big 10 their last title, but, you know, it's not come easy for them. No. And – I don't know. They could win this game by a lot. They could lose this game. So, you never know. And I just saw Coach Cannon commercial. I'm getting mad now. <laughs> um, moving on now. Iowa State versus Pitt. Big 12 versus the ACC. Daniel, you got? Give me Iowa State. Mm. I'm going to go with Pitt. We talked about how they've been a little bit underrated all season. I just think that they got a chance to do it. And I think they can do it. That's why I'm rolling with the Pittsburgh Panthers, even though I don't like them for football for Kenny Pickett fake sliding right in my face. But, you know, moving on now ten to the SEC Big Ten matchup. It is A&M versus Penn State. Daniel, who do you got? The Nittany Lions are hot. I'm going with them. I will be going with the Nittany Lions as well. They had a player. I forgot what his name was. He finished in the AP second team All-American. That's pretty good. For a 10 seed, you got one, something like that? Right. That's pretty good. I am going to go with Penn State. Now, Arkansas, <laughs> I'm kidding, Arkansas versus Illinois, 8-9 matchup. I think that's today as well. Daniel, you got? Give me the Razorbacks. I think they get it done. I'm going with my heart here. I'm going with the Illini, even though I think Arkansas has got a great shot. But, you know, I'm going with the Illini. Now, TCU versus Arizona State. I see you didn't pick one yet for this one yet, so you're going off the cusp, I guess. I mean, that's why I, how I kind of felt with this game a little bit, too. But, Daniel, who you got? I've got TCU, and uh, that wasn't intentional. I just forgot. Uh, <laughs> kind of like uh, Barack this year. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm going with the Horn Frogs. I'm going to go with ASU. Like, they've had a lot of things go their way. I mean, think about it. They would not be in the tournament right now if it wasn't for that buzzer-beater half-court shot to win in Arizona. People forget that. So, I'm going to go with Arizona State. You might have forgotten that play because it was at, when you were at Kentucky for the – Gotcha. That game. Um, last one, non-Auburn. Northwestern versus Boise State. Will the Mountain West be eliminated on the first day once again? Daniel, yes. you got yeah, They will? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, Utah State's currently losing to Missouri, so there's that. But, yeah, I got Northwestern. Only, I think this is their second or third time ever making the tournament. Really? I think so. Huh. And they Suddenly, had, I, I think feel they were, bad about Auburn's 12th. I think they were the last – team in the Power Five who had not made the tournament, which is crazy to think about. 
Yeah. But then again, Northwestern's had like games we talked about this year. Indiana, they've beaten Indiana, they've beaten Purdue, they've beaten all these teams, and then they'll just drop. I mean, for goodness sakes, they only scored 43 points against Auburn. People forget that. Yeah. But people want to forget that, honestly. But I think Northwestern's got what it takes to to win this one. So I'm going to go with them. And finally, we can spend a little bit more time on this one. It is Auburn versus Iowa. Auburn is a one-point favorite as of a couple minutes ago. On TNT tonight, 5.50 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're in the Eastern time zone or any other time zone, it's at 5, 6.50 Eastern. From Legacy Arena in Birmingham, Alabama, Daniel and I will both be there for that game. 8-9 matchup in Birmingham for the Tigers as the nine seed. Daniel, for the last time for this show, who do you got? Well, the only unfortunate thing is that there will be three seats between Griggs and I. Mm. But we may have to work on that. We might have to. We 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 got him. Anyway, I really like Auburn, man. I think they get it done. You basically have this is the closest thing you'll have to a home game outside Neville Arena. Mm. So they have it. The crowd's gonna be there. There's gonna be plenty of orange and blue. It's gonna be loud. And Iowa's defense is not that good. So if Auburn just has a game plan of driving to the basket and taking some nice mid-range jumpers or layups, I really like their shot. It's kind of going off what you're saying. If they run that game plan, if they learn, if they make the adjustment, you got one timeout that you can't take into the half. You got to use it. If they go on a run, 10-point run, for the love of all, please call a timeout. Adjust to it because Fran McCaffrey's eh, he's an okay coach. But they're smart with the ball, so you have to, your defense has to step up. And use your height to your advantage. Maybe not 44, but use your height to your advantage. Use Janai Broom. Get him in there. Try to stay out of foul trouble as much as you can because you don't know how the NCAA whistles are going to be different from the SECs. Yeah. But I think the Tigers are going to win because I feel like they'll know better than to shoot 28. I was talking with uh, your coast, Harrison Tarr, the other day about, like, for the love of everything, Auburn t- gets a lot of fouls. They're not the greatest team free throw shooting. They get fouled a lot. But just make make the smart play. Right, that's all you can do. Learn from your mistakes and just be better from because of that. So, I got the Auburn, Tiger, Auburn Tigers. War damn Eagle. War Eagle. And that is going to do it for the Eagles Nest today. We had a great two-hour show with you all. If you missed any of today's show or, as Noah says, on our Smooth Operators, where you want to relive some of your favorite parts, go check out Eagles Nest wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. That will be up in a little while. But... Enjoy your first weekend of March Madness, everybody. For Daniel Locke, I'm Griggs Blankenberg. This has been the Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. We'll see you back here again 11 a.m. Central next week. Until then, War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in to the Eagle's Nest. We enjoyed bringing you updates on everything going on in the world of sports. If you missed any of today's show, you can catch the podcast version wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke and at The Griggs B. Until next time, this has been the Eagle's Nest. See you next week.